0: Nobody knows anyone else, ever. You will never, ever know me.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Underrated Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about movies that we think are underrated or underappreciated or ones that have just slipped under the radar and passed most people by. Uh, I am Derek McDuff, one of your co-hosts, and with me, as always, are Ariel Ortiz and Alan Torres.
2: Hello. Hey, what's up, everybody?
1: And this week we have a special guest from the "Can I Say Something" podcast. Joining us is Damian.
3: What's up, guys? How are we doing?
1: Doing well. Thanks for thanks for joining us, man. No problem.
3: Appreciate him, man. No problem. So, uh,
1: thank you. Thank you. Uh, so this week we um are going to be talking about a the pick uh the rules of attraction which was our guest pick um so this is a 2002 um kind of black comedy drama film directed by Roger Avery based on the Bret Easton Ellis novel um who is most famous for writing American Psycho um and this is kind of you know a uh film that it plays it's you know, it's not a it's not set in the same universe, but it is you know, you do see some crossover of some familiar relations. Um aka uh you know, the uh uh the Bateman brothers. Uh it stars James Vanderbeek, Shannon Saucerman, and uh Ian uh Summerholder. Um but yeah, this was kind of at the time, uh not really uh you know, pretty not not very respected by the critics, I'll say. Yeah. Um, it, I think, it, let me see. Yeah. 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. But over the years, it's kind of become a little bit of a cult classic. Um, you know, with kind of people reevaluating it. Um, I saw a list by, I want to say it was Empire. Um, it was, I think, 60 something movies that you should, that you have, the best movies you haven't seen yet. Um, that also included the likes of Perfect Blue and, um, Oh, shit. What was the the space movie with the uh, believe, bro? What, what, oh, my God. I'm spacing on it. Uh, attack the attack block? block. Attack the Block. Thank you. Yeah. Attack the Block and Perfect Blue were also on this list. So it's um, kind of among those mm-hmm. other movies that we've covered a lot. Of, and then a lot of other movies that I really like are on that list like Blue Valentine. Um, but I figure to start us off, since you are the one who suggested this movie to us, Damien, why don't you tell us a little bit about your pick here?
3: Oh, boy. So, <laughs> just getting into it. Um, this is an early 2000s film starring, you know, some teen stars from the WB. You got Jessica Bieler from 7th Heaven, James Van Der Beek from Dawson's Creek. Uh, you got a cameo from Jay Baruchel. Um I haven't seen this before we started recording. I was like, I haven't seen this in a long time. So, I don't know if, if a lot of this stuff holds up in 2021. And the first like five to 10 minutes is not great. <laughs> yeah, I was
1: saying before we started, like I start the movie and I'm like, oh man, what are you having us watch here, dude? But
3: it it quickly, you know, uh, moves, moves past all of that, that weird stuff of like, you know, the, the, the supposed gang rape of you know, Jessica Beale and, uh, you know, Shannon Sossman getting puked on while being recorded while having sex. That that's not, that's not good. Um, just so let me just get all that out of the way. Lots of gay panic, you know. You have Ian, Ian Summerholder, you know, hitting on uh, everyone, <laughs> James Vanderbeek, and James Vanderbeek's like, Oh, no, well, who's the guy that beat him up at the beginning? Some just oh, some like the character's rack. name is Mitch. I'm I wasn't like, familiar with the actor, yeah, yeah it was, just
2: some like jock or something,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they go through that. Um, it, <laughs> if you get past the first 10 minutes. I think it is really, like you said, really underappreciated, underseen movie. Um, it's obviously, you know, Brady Snellis, it, it makes, you know, very, you know, edgy, edgy stuff. So this is very much that early 2000s edgy stuff that, you know, a lot of it doesn't fly today. Um, yeah, you, you notice in the background of a lot of the shots, It's a, it's a movie that's made up of a lot of moments. So a lot of the moments are, you know, the background shots of like, you know, what is this? You know, cabinet of Doctor Caligaro in the in the TV of all of these different rooms. You have uh, you know Nietzsche in the background, so it's very much like a very nihilistic movie, to be honest. Yeah. So um, upon rewatching, I was like, yeah, the first ten minutes is is really rough, but the rest of it, I think it you know it pretty much does hold up after you know fifteen twenty years. Because yeah, you said
1: this is the first time you've revisited it in a while,
3: right? Yeah. 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 Probably in the probably the first time in about fifteen years. Yeah. 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 So you, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. Oh no, go ahead. No, you go. Ahead. <laughs> no,
0: I I was going to go on,
3: but go ahead. Um. So it's just like I said, the, the moments in this movie. We'll talk about. You know, I want you guys to mention some of your favorites, but it is, you know, just these moments of Fred Savage in this really dark room. You know, he in his in the cast list, I think it's he's called a junkie named Mark, and he's you know putting whatever heroin into his toe, and he puts the cigarette butt in his in his belly button while he plays the clarinet. It's just these. Like weird little moments at this movie that I, I, I feel like this movie uh, gets elevated by, um, you know, Sean smiling while pooping—that's a weird thing. The doctor saying it's toe tag time in Teenville again. That's what they're training, <laughs> when He's they dead. Breathe. He's oh. dead. He's
1: not breathing. <laughs> not I'm home. not dead. Ah, uh, <laughs> are dragons.
3: <laughs> so it is just this, uh, you know. Overall, I wouldn't say this is a great movie. Maybe even not a good movie, but it's just made up of these really interesting, crazy moments that I think is is worth the while. I think it's worth the watch.
0: Mm-hmm. No, for me, I think it is worth uh uh worth being considered underrated because. So, so for me I just I watched American Psycho for the first time a year ago um, exactly almost a year ago on for my podcast of the view never seen um and that was dare uh, that was Alan's pick and one of Alan's favorites and just going from that and to this one you could definitely see and understand and like take more appreciation for this movie because the Bateman brothers are essentially like, yeah, Sean Bateman is essentially what he could like. He could become Patrick Bateman, and this is probably one of the reasons why he could become Patrick Bateman. Like, like in American American Psycho, you get that sense of like, like Patrick at one point he had to like care because he's just so so sensitive. It's weirdly, it towards the end and stuff like that, and you have he has this weird sensitivity, and then so coming to this one and seeing Sean Bateman, you're like. Yeah, you could see that they're brothers. You know, you could see like this twisted, um, n- you know, nihilisticness and and self-absorption and stuff like that. But I think he's a lot bit better than 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 Patrick Bateman um, because I think he does actually care. But he he's not a murderer. He's not a serial <laughs> he's killer. He's not a murderer yet. <laughs> well, yeah, Patrick you know, Bateman. That's exactly. that's to be discussed. Who he is actually a murderer? But yeah.
2: um, I actually put a little <laughs> bit more of information on that because I I'm a Brett Easton like fan of his books. Mm-hmm. I'll give you guys a little clues
1: on that. Yeah, too, I'm, I'm curious. I want. I was excited to hear what you have to say about it, Alan, being a big fan.
0: But but yeah, so like I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I just going through it. I'm like, this is exactly rewatching like rewatching um American Psycho. Just the insanity of it. The freaking talk in the diner and that and the guy that would go later go on to play Sunshine in um in Remember the Titans um he that was like that's just straight out of like a club scene or or you know them at a bar in in American Psycho like just him and and his other you know his power broker friends and stuff like that and like that one character kind of reminded me of um one of the characters in American Psycho one of his friends of just like uh I, he's the one that, that they snort up cocaine in in the in the bathroom or something but but yeah and definitely like i i liked it seeing that kind of like different side of of the coin of these of these two characters whether you know it is supposed to be kind of canonically like he mentions P- patrick thinking that paul is patrick when he calls on the on the payphone and and stuff like that, and then he's like, my brother wired the money, and and stuff, and um, there
1: there is a deleted scene where Patrick Bateman does appear. Oh, oh I
0: thought I thought he wasn't, even, but it's not Christian Bale. It's not. It's it's,
1: it's Casper. It, it's a Casper Van Dien, the guy from uh, 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 a yeah. Starship Troopers.
0: Oh yeah, gosh, that's not right. <laughs> it's it's weird.
1: It's a little weird.
0: No, you can't replace you know, um, Christian Bale.
1: No. That's- no, he's yeah, just exactly. kind of doing a Christian Bale impression. It's like, Johnny Rico, yeah. what are you doing? Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but essentially, yeah, I think this is like kind of, um, I could see where where it could go unappreciated. I think that actually the first 10 minutes reminded me, I haven't seen the movie, that's another one that I need to do on my podcast, of um, Requiem for a Dream. But there's similarities to to. um um what's her name's lauren's experience and then this, this another scene in, in um whether whichever one came first um it, for this one a
2: requiem is a tough watch i'm gonna tell you that much yeah i know yeah, yeah. i know.
0: not know it's not a date movie but yeah like so there's kind of like, like um elements of that kind of era i i really would like to know which one came first because they were very much in the same vein I think, yeah, with, Requiem with, came with first, because this is
1: 2002, and Requiem, was, I know it's the late 90s, I want to say 98, okay. 99, something like that? be yeah. 2000.
0: Yeah. Maybe yeah, 2000. So, yeah. so, definitely you get the kind of vibes of that, um, you know, with the drug use, and, and then with that, that scene and, and stuff, and, and it took me a second to to realize, oh, okay, they're going backwards, like, completely, like, the whole year, like, at the beginning of the year, essentially, um, or the school year, and and yeah, like it, it was definitely a very entertaining watch. Like, just crazy shit happens, and that's why I, I kind of like fell in love with um, American Psycho because you're like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. Um, one of the one of the scenes that I just really got a kick out of is like after, you know, after he finds, you know, he he bangs Lauren's girlfriend. Lauren like walks in on, or I mean, um roommate and like like he she walks in on him and then he's like trying to he first ends up in like a tent that's essentially like a tent that you that a kid would go and hide in you know he's like just there like moping and then he like comes out of the tent and then he tries to like you know hang himself that doesn't work out and then like tries to you know kill himself on on cold pill you know cold medication or no tries to slice his wrists and just just the insanity and the absurdity of and and you know definitely the mirab of that scene definitely reminded me of like the same vein of of um american psycho so just for it being like that that kind of um follow up like even if it is just in essence a follow up um made me appreciate the movie a lot more
3: yeah nice
1: it's, it's i did appreciate it a lot um you know i thought it was really interesting cinematography like the way they would kind of like have you know either like backwards and forward stuff like scenes would kind of replay backwards and then you'd see how they got there or like you know that one scene where it was like side by side you see shannon Sossman and james van Der beek and they're just kind of like walking towards each other and you kind of see them meet up in the middle and then it finally you know uh like after they have that whole conversation you're just watching them from both i was it's almost like this is almost like a meet cute, but in a very fucking dark movie. Yeah. And then yeah. it like kind of, and then it goes to that wide shot. And I forget exactly what it was, but there was like something between them. And it's just like, oh, this is where you come together or something like that. I was like, oh, it's clever. And then, you know, the credits yeah. run backwards and it's kind of just playing with your perception. And then the last scene is kind of implies that like, oh, maybe the beginning that we saw didn't actually happen that way. It was completely different. Like all these characters' experiences were, you know, something different. And no, Alan, you'll get more into it, I'm sure. But like, you know, the way Brett Easton Ellis kind of plays with like, you're not really sure what is going on and what's real and what's not. But yeah, I really dug it. I think James Vanderbeek is just like, he's one of my favorite like actors who's just kind of, he's kind of, you know, broke out for being a team heartthrob, but he kind of like thinks that's ridiculous. And like, he makes fun of himself. Like he did all those, when he became a meme, he's like, here's some more faces for you. And he did all these other reaction gifts. Mm -hmm. And he was on Don't Trust It, Be in Apartment 23, just playing a ridiculous version of himself. And I, I love that. But yeah, it's, it's. You know, like you said, the first it's kind of starts with like, oh, shit, like it starts with like a date rape and you're like, oh, my God, like this movie and, you know, all that stuff that's going on in the beginning. You're like, this is and it's a movie that I'm like, this is a good movie, but I feel like I understand why you hadn't seen it in 15 years, because this is like one of those movies. I'm like, I'm not going to go back to the well for this one for a while. Like, it's a movie you like enjoy and you're like watching. Like, I took something from this, but like, it's like Grave of the Fireflies, where it's like, I love Grave of the Fireflies, one of my favorite movies. I'm never going to watch that movie again in my entire life. And so I kind of got the same vibes here, but yeah, I just, I generally did really enjoy it. Um, you know, there's some like trigger warning stuff, you know, like, you know, rape and suicide. And I thought it was interesting how they kind of played off like James Vanderbeek's kind of just like, like, you know, his like suicide that was just not really, he he was just kind of seemed like not even like taking it that seriously versus, like, a very, like, actual, you know, like, traumatic one where, you know, you have the girl who doesn't even have a name and nobody even kind of realizes, like, what happened to her. She's been the one writing James Vanderby these letters and it's, like, really tragic, like, you know, story about depression going on with her that's... And you see, like, kind of all the... Like, you would mentioned all the things happening in the background, all the, the storyline that's been playing out and we didn't even notice. Um, yep. So it does touch on a lot of these big issues um, in a very interesting way that I think... Is at times really hard to watch, um, and it it plays with like the tropes of a romantic comedy in like the way, same ways that like American Psycho plays with the tropes of like kind of a success story. It's like this is that kind of story, but really fucked up and dark and twisted. And yeah. I know, and I know that you said some stuff about like I, the gay panic stuff, and I I kind of get that, but I feel like especially for like a bi character at the time, like he hmm. was a pretty like Ian Somerhalder's representation was pretty solid, like. A lot mm. of characters, you know, you look at like you know Philip Seymour Hoffman in Boogie Nights, which came out around the same time. And He's kind of like, even though it's Philip Seymour Hoffman, he's great. It's kind of a character of a gay person, and even yeah. shows like Will and Grace at the time. Like whenever a bi person would come up, they would be like, they would just dismiss their sexuality. They'd be like, bi don't people don't exist. You're just gay in denial. And like that's a show that's you know supposedly like very forward thinking. Um, mm. But like for a movie that's 2002 to just be like, yeah, he's bi, and like everyone just kind of accepts that. I thought that was pretty ahead of its time, and I think a lot of things. Like that, were it was ahead of its time in some ways, not not in every way. You know, I feel, feel like the beginning not ahead of its time, but there I do think that that's why it's kind of developed this cult following over the years, is because you know stuff like that, and kind of like people can look back on it with this appreciation um, because it you know did kind of it was forward thinking in some ways like that. Um, but yeah, uh, Alan, I want to hear what you got to say. The Brett, our Brett Easton Ellis scholar over here, because I know that he did say this was like the best adaptation. Of one of his works,
2: so. Yeah, I actually read about that as well. I, this is the one book I haven't read yet. Um, Because I won't lie, Brady Sinilis does have a type of, like, prose. Where it's, it's kind of sad to say, but when the first ten minutes, I know you guys were like, oh my god, like, it's kind of intense for me. I was like, yeah, that's Brady Sinilis. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I just yeah. kind of, like, fell into it. And I was like, because I've read uh american psycho obviously um glamorama lunar park um i think less than zero but it's been a while but the, it, and it's kind of funny though because like as a fan, like you kind of see all the little easter eggs here and there they're not like like you know the marvel movies and stuff but even like his style you can see it all over the place like you know, hedonism just like graphic sex graphic violence just drugs alcohol all that stuff like smoking and like but what I what I what what you guys were saying though about like being ahead of its time, as I do agree with that because, this all his books kind of like his big bangers came out in like the late eighties, early nineties. So like I think Rules of Attraction came out maybe like five, six years prior. So he was already kind of like writing all these kinds of like ideas of like because I think even he himself was very like in the closet, kind of like oh you know I'm I'm kind of just my own thing. I'm not straight. I'm not gay, but like, I think over time, like, he himself kind of came out and was like, yeah, I am a gay man. And now he even kind of like plays with it. Like, I follow him on his Twitter and I even listened to his podcast a little, uh, a couple years ago. But yeah, like, it, you, if, if you've seen American Psycho, you can see like the, the differences between Sean Bateman and Patrick Bateman. And it's so funny because like, Sean Bateman actually does make a cameo in the, in the American Psycho novel. Like they actually talk and you get to see them together and interact and they're vastly different, even though they're similar in a lot of ways of just them like partying and not getting a shit. And they're kind of just trying to figure themselves out, even though Patrick's a serial killer kind of thing. And I think, uh, Oh, another cool little fact too, was a uh, Victor. I know nobody's really touched upon him, but like he was, uh, Lauren's like boyfriend. I, I got the feeling that they weren't together because he just seemed like he never gave a shit about her from the start. When you see that scene of him going, like, I'm so sorry, but, like, I really don't know who the fuck you are kind of thing.
1: I got the vibe was, that they went on, like, three dates or something, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got. I actually got the vibe that, like, maybe they kissed and she thought, oh, we're dating. Yeah. Because yeah. it was yeah. just, like, it, it just seemed so, like, out of nowhere, but I was
3: like,
0: eh, yeah, it, you- it, it sounds like it. Yeah, and you could believe that because she's such a, like an innocent character, you know.
3: That's interesting. I never caught oh, yeah. that. I've seen this movie a few times, and never, never occurred to me that maybe that wasn't a relationship that was real. <laughs> that actually, she was just more attached to him, and he was just, you know, they maybe had sex a few, a few times, and he was like, "Yeah, I don't. You're just one of a, of a few. <laughs> Sorry." Oh uh,
0: Yeah, no, she was a virgin but uh no yeah i definitely got oh, yeah. that sense of just like her her like most likely they went on a date or he they kissed or something the day before he went to europe you know
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah and she'll he says i'll see i'll see you when i get back or something like yeah. that you know
3: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah but alan get back what, what are you saying
2: oh yeah <laughs> but but no like the beauty about like bready's and style is that like it's do you have to keep reading or, or keep watching because you start noticing little things here and there where like one of the biggest things I've noticed with him and his novels is that he likes to do like stories where like there's really no beginning and or end like it just you're just kind of in the middle of it just like this like it's just a bunch of people going to school kind of thing going you know trying to figure themselves out and date but there's also this thing of like massive lack of communication like like there was times where it just seemed like like um Sean and Lauren like, it, like at one point it seemed like they were in a relationship and she's like it's over and I was like, when the fuck did it start like you guys all of a sudden liked each other and then now it's like it's over you're done like you slept with uh Jessica Beale and stuff and I was like, well, if anybody's actually communicating it's Jessica Beale like everyone's like like Paul's trying to get Sean's attention, but he's kind of just like being very coy and not being like straightforward. And, like, Sean's, like, oblivious up until the end of the movie uh, where he goes, yeah, I'm not going to be with you. And he says the same thing that Lauren tells him. Like, there's always this thing of, like, lack of communication and kind of almost, like, people believe something's happening when it's not. Like, with Lauren thinking that Victor is her her boyfriend. Like, she's going to get back with her boyfriend even though it's, like, well, we never really saw that. And, like, Sean's, like, oh, I can't believe we're over. And it's, like, well, nothing really happened you kind of fucked up. You're on your own, but the same thing with like American cycle where people are kind of getting each other confused. Or they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. I went out to, I went out with the uh, Paul Allen the other day uh, to Dorsey's or whatever. And then they're like, what? I, oh yeah. Yeah. I think I, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think I went out with them and it's like, that's how Patrick was able to get around and like people, but even then you're still unsure. Like there's always that unsureness with, uh, Brady's and stuff. And even, the Victor character himself, hes all, he, has, he actually has his own book as well. And it's almost very similar themes where, like, I think it's after Rules of Attraction, like, after his college years, and it becomes, like, a minor celebrity model. And all of a sudden, like, he's getting followed around by, like, a camera crew, and they're just random. And you're just kind of like, where the fuck did they come from? What's going on? And then there's this whole thing of, like, it's very, like, Zoolander-ish. Where I don't know if you guys ever heard about the Glamorama Zoolander thing, where yeah. it's like models are becoming super or super or, uh, secret agents, kind yeah. of thing. Where they're like sleeper agents, and then it's again, it's that whole thing like, wait, am I a secret agent? Like, uh, d- where did this come from? I, I, don't, I don't, know. Like, that's I feel like that's Brady Sinalis' thing of just trying to be like, like trying to even confuse the viewer and kind of makes you want to rewatch it or reread to be like, holy shit, that's actually not even real. That's not even happening or this isn't happening or this is like I think that's always the fun about um trees especially with this one as well because I was just sitting there going what it's like wait what the fuck what what and then I'm like wait a minute wait a minute and I had to rewind it a couple of times to backtrack and be like oh all right now I'm kind of getting into the mind of like story and stuff but it's I, I recommend it. I think it's a great watch um especially if you're a Brett Sanilla fan but I will say, the one scene I did not like, and it was unbearable to watch, was the scene with Dick.
0: I knew oh, you were going to say that. <laughs> I, I thought fucking, that was the most like it. I <laughs> oh my god,
2: no. I was crazy. just like, dude, just I leave see. the table. Like, stop.
1: <laughs> it, that reminded me of my brother just, like, drunk on a cruise. I was just like, this is a little Look. too real. Like, I felt pulled. I was like, this is that was the only time I was like, this is something from my real life that I've experienced. <laughs>
2: Maybe that's what it was. Maybe I was like, fuck, maybe I've been that guy <laughs> drinking the table and I'm acting a fool. So I was like, maybe I relate to this a little too much.
0: <laughs> I thought that that was like, it gave me a sense of like the, like if Patrick Bateman like got unhinged and like stuff like, like him just fucking yell Like I could see that, that Dick character also running down the hallway with a chainsaw wearing tidy whiteys and, and white Nikes, you know? But yeah.
1: <laughs> you know but I, I like that scene because and like the i because it's just so kind of like out of nowhere and i feel like they do that a lot in the movie where it's just like here's just something going on and you're like what does this have to do with anything and it just kind of like messes with your perception as an audience member which is what i think the kind of the whole point of this movie is to just give you all these different angles and make you question like what you see and have weird yeah. endings and and that kind of ties into i think one of the major themes of the film which is just like you can never really know another human or understand them like that's kind of like where the movie ends and it's like they you know it has the two main characters kind of saying that to each other and that's something you know you hear people all the time saying like oh i live with this person and i didn't even know them or like you know somebody like you know was like oh like they they left me for this person and i i don't understand like i this is like oh this is a different person you can never really 100% know people and People like see someone; they get attracted to, you know, like the title, the rules of attraction, and you know, you kind of project what you want to see onto these people. Like everybody's kind of projecting onto James Vanderbeek, you know, like this, you know, classic good old American boy. When he's kind of like a sociopath, in the same way that you know the way he kind of projects on the Shine and saucerman is just kind of this like pure virginal character and he's like it's interesting how conflicted he is because he's like oh yeah like i'm attracted to her because she's just like this pure virgin but he also like wants to have sex with her which would kind of like destroy this illusion that he's built up in his mind and just like the way that she kind of perceives him and the way she definitely perceives victor is definitely just like all in her mind like she's like oh yeah victor if it was if i was with victor right now like i was losing my virginity it would be so different and tender and stuff like that and in reality he's off like in europe just like T- taking drugs and getting venereal diseases and like just doing all this horrible stuff. So I think that was something that was just like a through line of the whole movie. It's like, yeah, you don't really like, no matter what, like as much as you like know another person and I'm like, not trying to like be cynical or anything here um, more than the movie is because I think the movie that is kind of the underlying message of the movie is like, you, you like, you can never be in somebody else's head. You can never like understand what they're feeling and what their thoughts are and you know you kind of do that's why people all the time talk about like are you in love with them or are you in love with like the idea of them and i think that this movie does a really good job of just kind of like putting you in that mindset because you switch back and forth between the perspectives of the different characters um and just kind of like see how they see each other and you see that the reality is polar opposite of that in so many cases
3: yeah, to that point, there was so many throw throwaway lines in this movie. Um, when Jessica Biel or uh, Jessica Biel and Genevieve are having sex, and they finish, and she rolls over and very quietly says, "I was born in a Holiday Inn." And I was just like, Holy "Yeah, shit. So yeah."
2: Like, I was like, uh, I was waiting for her to continue. And I was like, yeah. "Oh, that's it. Oh, okay."
3: <laughs> so that really speaks to the you know you really don't know people that well, or you can't really know anyone completely um, in life, and then. So many great lines uh, uh, in this movie where uh, Sean, Sean says to Lauren, "Since when does fucking someone else mean I'm not faithful to you?" <laughs>
1: it's like, or like, I, I only had sex with her because I'm in love do. with you. Like that's yeah. such a like insane, stupid, <laughs> brilliant line. Like on, yeah. soil, it's just like okay.
3: Yes, yes, yes. I want to get back to the um, the Richard and and Paul scene, mm-hmm. like. That whole, you know, the, he's drunk at the at the table, and you have Faye Dunaway and Swoozie Kurtz at the at the table, and again, all these uh, throwaway lines are just like, <laughs> Faye Dunaway says something like, you know, you want some, and she's like, what are they? Does it matter? <laughs> it's like, um, and then just the um, again, Victor, that Victor scene. That what did you guys think of the Victor montage? This is one of my favorite scenes in just a movie in general of just flying through Europe. He, I think the director talked about this, where he, he sent Kip Hardu through Europe, following him with a camera, and Kip like stayed in character throughout the entire trip. Throughout Europe, they went to uh, 12 cities, and they filmed it on a Sony PD-150. And he told Kip, quote, I would have 24-7 access, no matter how intimate the, si- the situation, with no script, the losers of plans. I tracked Victor as he partied across Europe in the shell-shocked weeks following 9-11. That was the thing, too. This movie was, like, shot, like, the, the week of 9-11, and, like, James James Vanderbeek was was um, trapped in L.A., I think. And he goes, uh, we would oh, be crap. raving with Paul Fold. One day in Dublin, and then at a Ford model party in Paris the next. Five minutes into a conversation with, say, an heiress or a model, I would stop shooting, explain who we were, that Victor was actually the actor, Kit Perdue, and that we were shooting a scene for my latest film. The only other crew member, uh, Kenny Moore winning producer uh, Greg Shapiro, would then step forward and get them to sign a waiver, and Victor would proceed. So it was just this crazy, manic, like, two-week... You know, excursion through Europe didn't really know what they would get and this was actually made into the, I think you, you mentioned glitterati that's uh the movie that um that he made he would go on to make later like a little short film I think of all the of all the oh, uh, okay mm-hmm. yeah so that's what he made from that so yeah that was a, that was an incredible scene and then you know just going back to the thing of this movie, again, you're you're right, Derek, that is a major theme of the movie is like you don't know anybody. And I do love it for that. But also I love it for just the little little moments of just <laughs> going back to the the quotes of like, you know, he's not ODing. Freshmen don't OD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just all these little moments I love catching in the background. And so I don't know if you guys have seen this movie before, but did you like see the girl that was, you know, attracted to, to Sean throughout it? And did like you have to go back and be like, oh, she was there. I never saw her there. Did you guys catch that throughout the movie I, or no? Can, can I just I saw it from
0: it the beginning, that that beginning oh, okay. part where he dumps the tray. And stuff yeah.
3: Like that and then yeah,
0: and then yeah. I mean, like, um, and the only reason I knew it was her because, like, I was watching it on Amazon and I kind of like paused it at that time when she's like, you know, killing herself, and then her cap, you know, on Amazon if you watch it on on your on a tablet or something, uh. It like says the characters' names, whoever's in the scene, and it said like you know, girl, um, lunch. I think it's like lunch lady, girl, or lunch.
3: Yeah. Um.
0: Or yeah, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. But um, yeah, I think like yeah, I wouldn't uh, that and then going them going back and stuff like that. Of um, I I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, if I when I rewatch it eventually, that that I I'll see her like in the background and stuff like that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: because I yeah. saw like, them, like, they're like, okay, they show you all the scenes, and you're like, I didn't even notice that, but, like, I'm like, I think she was in there, like, I'm like, like, it feels like, oh, like, deja vu, like, oh, that was, she was there, like, oh, man, and, like, I haven't gone back and rewatched it, but since then, but, like, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, and it's just, like, one of those things where it's, like, right there in front of you, and you don't even notice it.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Which
2: is a yeah, perfect her- example right there, like, she was right there, and Sean didn't notice her as well.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah
2: exactly Exactly. but um i love the the victor scene the the like hopping around europe i love it because like i was like wait is this the same victor from glamorama i think it's very similar and then i kind of looked it up and it was him i guess uh just changed the last name later Mm -hmm. on because i guess when he becomes a celebrity he's like i'm victor ward now not victor johnson or something but Mm -hmm. Total prequel, but if anything, it kinda of felt like it would have fit that world as well because with Victor's character in Glamorama, like halfway through the novel, this just team shows up and just starts following him. And you're just like, Who the fuck are these guys? So it kind of fit in that sense of like precursor to the glamorama book as well. So I, I just dug it and then I, I read up on that too, like what you said that they were, you know, trekking around Europe and I was like, damn, I kinda wish I could see the behind the scenes of that scene as well just like yeah did he really go ham did he go party with everybody <laughs> did he like sleep with random people did he get mono but that, that that part cracked up he's like i think this girl gave me mono but anyways <laughs> i wrote a ferrari <laughs> no no yeah that,
0: that scene was just insane and, and like like um a lot of you know like with american cycle and this it's just like there's so many like different like okay now we're doing this kind of thing with it and i and i was like in you know in and then in the middle of it i'm like did they actually go through europe like (laughs) like really and stuff like that because yeah i mean it's definitely like they filmed it and stuff but but it's nice to say like i i would have believed like oh yeah he went you know full full ham with it but it's nice to hear at least that they like stopped like whoever they met said hey we're doing this thing he's going to be in character do you want to play along and it wasn't Mm -hmm. like you know like kind of like a a uh, tw- twisted Borat kind of situation, but yeah. but yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because yeah. I was when I was watching, I was like, Paul Oakenfield, because I'm like a you know a fan of his. So I was just like, I was like, is that? I was like, did they just run into him when they were shooting? So I was like curious about <laughs> that. So that was really interesting. But what I think that scene does really well is like, it's so like. Like, it's just so much happening. It's, like, so just over the top. And then it just keeps going and going and going. Like, for, like, five straight minutes it felt like. I don't even know how long it was. But, like, you start to get numb to it. Like, it's just all these ridiculous things keep happening. And you're just kind of like, oh, that it waste you just kind of, like, be like, this is just his life. And you just kind of, like, start accepting it. And just like, yeah, and then you did what now and what now. It's like all these ridiculous things keep building up. But it's just been happening for so long that you're just like, all right, whatever. And it's weird that he could just, like... Just to like make you that affected by it in such a short amount of time because it's just so rapid fire. Because I've seen other movies that do similar things, but not for that amount of time where you just like start to even tune out by the end of it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I, sh- I shit my pants, went back, jerked off, you know, had sex with this woman, uh, got a drink at the Guinness Factory. It's so good. It made my, it made my dick hard. It was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 um, one guy we haven't talked about was Clifton Collins, the drug dealer. Every scene he was in, I was just oh like,
1: my God. Man, oh, yeah.
3: Now, what's gonna happen? Now, the first scene where he's just like, Hey man, I'm just gonna pick up some stuff, and he's like, Where's my money? Just the karate thing to his face. And he was saying how he couldn't get um, James Baggerby to like actually look scared, so he had the the whole karate thing was sort of improv. It's just every scene with him was just like, What is going on? And just all again, all these little like characters in the background, like the the Jamaican guy reading porn in the side, and just some woman sitting there just doing whatever. It's like, What is what there's so much going on, I can't even keep up. Again, it's just these little touches in the background just really make this movie what it is.
0: Yeah, and then with that, so for for that actor, I he's just such a chameleon. He's a very underrated chameleon. Uh, but so my, fr- I I just wanted to say, yeah, my first experience with him is in a very very Mexican movie called The Wonderful Ice Cream Suit. I don't know, I don't know if, if you know this, but yeah, but um, no, I never heard of it. It's a very like um east la maximum so i and he's very an innocent person in that movie so so all these iterations you know of, of this so uh, he's played some other crazy batshit crazy characters he was in freaking the first star trek when it mm-hmm. came back he was like neo second Nero's second in command but, like, all these... Okay, movies, like, yeah, I was,
1: like, trying to figure out who he fucking was in that movie because, like, I saw him come up in the Eye of Venus, like, who is he in Star Trek? And I'm, like, now that you, like, say, okay, mm-hmm. like, he's just like, Captain Nero. Just, okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> no, I'll recognize him everywhere. In, yeah. But, but yeah. yeah. And
1: Pacific Rim is what I recognized him from because he's the, Rim, the guy in the yeah. wheelchair or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's just, like, this, his performance is just so out there and over the top and then, like, Like he's like at the same time, like he's like at the same time, like the classic, like drug dealer. But then he also like throws in lines of like, um, I, I used to do this to men in the army. And then like, you know, I would twist your hand you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't, um, if I twist your hand here, you wouldn't be able to hold your weapon and stuff like that. He's like, well, I'm not in the army and that's why I'm not going to do it or something like that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I need I need you like an, an asshole on my elbow. <laughs> well, yeah, a
1: lot of really good character actors in this film, I feel like. And a lot of, you know, kind of like, you know, teen stars, like us former child stars, when I was just like, is that fucking Fred Savage? Like, I was like, okay, and then, you know, of course, you know, you have, you know, James Van Derby, who's very famous for being the yeah. wholesome Dawson, and, you know, have, you know, this kind of, like, starlet, who people thought were gonna, I guess, be, she was gonna do big things, but never really panned out. Shannon Saucerman, who we've, we've talked about oh. before on A night's Tale, who... Yeah, I had a big old crush on because, you know, uh, that's kind of definitely like my type right there.
0: Um, yeah. Always shows up in that freaking like hat, like that type <laughs> of hat that she wears in this movie. She's yeah. always she always wears that, that, that hat. hat. Yep.
2: Yeah. She always wears the jean skirt. Jean yeah. Jean skirt. Mm-hmm. I swear, every, every film she's in, she has to wear
0: it. Even mm. when it's medieval, like in. Yeah. <laughs> <NFL. laughs>
2: But yeah, I was looking for it in night's tale. I was like, it's there somewhere.
3: Uh, <laughs> you had um Thomas Ian Nicholas from American Pie. Mm. Um Kate Bosworth from Superman Returns in the classic twenty one.
1: And then of course, you know, oh, Ian oh, Summerholter yeah. who would who would go on to be on, you know, yeah. my favorite show Lost and then eventually The Vampire Diaries where he really got famous for that role. Yeah.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm. this is. It
1: was like it was weird because he's like baby. He's like I was like, oh, little wee, little wee Ian Summerholder, He was so young <laughs> For in this. Yeah,
0: I was like, he does not age. Like, yeah, like, no. if, he's got like that no Paul Rudd thing. Guy, he was like, yeah. yeah, like, like almost like half uh, a decade after this. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, like a vampire. <laughs> he is
0: a vampire. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> I think he, sure. he
0: has the vibes of like a, a second, like Keanu Reeves in that that kind of situation. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So just one more thing, I had like a little factoid. The part where um, where Lauren goes to see Victor at the door, and uh, Kit Purdue is like, uh, when they come to the door, he Jessica Biel was brushing your teeth, and I asked her to give me a little bit of her spit. He said. He also points out that uh, when he can't see it, he's actually not wearing pants in the scene, per Shannon Sossman's request. To quote, "I was kind of into it." <laughs> so, <laughs> there's that. Yep.
0: Random. What scene?
3: Uh, when, when uh, Lauren goes to meet Victor when he comes back, and he's he's like, "I don't know who you are. Sorry." And there's a woman okay. in the back seat. Yeah. So he was, um, what's her name? It's Jessica Biel was brushing her teeth and. Uh, Kip asked her to give him some of the toothpaste. That's what—that's what's on his mouth. If you notice, there's like some weird stuff in his mouth. That's what it is. Mm, mm,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, so all right. It makes a lot of sense. All right.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. 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 Well, any any other final thoughts? I thought thoughts, it was like
2: drugs or something. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> yeah. I, that's not what I was thinking. I, I thought it was coke.
2: No, yeah.
0: for a second I was like, is that toothpaste? Like, is he? <laughs>
3: like, yeah. yeah.
0: Or like, yeah, or something more bodily. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yep, like, yep. <laughs> Some bodily fluids, yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. I don't know, any any final thoughts, guys, before we uh, wrap up on this movie, this this backwards crate trippy? Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, d- definitely if you are a fan of American Psycho, definitely watch this movie. I mean, you definitely get the vibes of, like, why these two characters are related. Um, but also, like, yeah, like a different uh yeah, different kind of type of of a Bateman, and um yeah, very very much that way, and um and yeah, if you just want an insane like trippy movie, also, so I recommend it for that reason.
1: I was gonna ask, did you guys anybody else watch the deleted scene um with Patrick Bateman in it?
0: No, no. I'm not gonna watch oh. it. Like, no, because Christian Bale weird. is Patrick Bateman. <laughs> like, it's, you cannot. It...
1: It's yeah. it's interesting because it's just like you know it's like when you see like Tom Holland as Spider Man or not Tom Holland like um what's his name um not Tobey Maguire the the other guy um, Andrew
0: Garfield Andrew
1: Garfield is just like this isn't quite right you know like no offense to Andrew Garfield but I'm like no you're not Spider Man you know and it's just kind of like the same way it's like oh yeah like Casper Don you're not you're not Patrick Bateman but it's interesting to see like you know Bat- like you know Patrick Bateman in this world because he's he's still like it cuts to him and you go to his internal oh. monologue and he's just like. I thought like he's like think, he's, like I thought of murdering somebody and then I put on my skin cream. It's like oh yeah, it's like the same Patrick Bateman and he's just like he talks to the receptionist and he's like bring me a, like an Aquafina or something and he, they kind of does that back and forth. So I was like I get why you cut this out, but it was kind of like a nice little extra to kind of like tie it into American Psycho, even though I know they're not in the same continuity. But I was like it's, it was kind of just like a like okay, this is an interesting like little artifact. Um, but yeah,
0: no. But Ooh. can I can I give appreciation to? Um james vanderbeek very much nailing like the the patrick bateman like n- stare and face like <laughs> when he gets intense yep. and when he thinks about yeah. like murder yeah <laughs> so, yeah but yeah
2: i definitely dug that a lot too like i, I was like you know what I, I really really wished christian bell was able to come back just to do a quick little snippet
0: yeah he didn't want to. patrick bateman because it would have been awesome i yeah. would have loved it yeah <laughs> they, they really, I
2: feel like they would have been really well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. probably nowadays he would have been like, oh, I should have done it. But, like, I mean, if yeah. you do want more Patrick Bateman, I, I would suggest, you know, reading the books. Because he kind of jumps around. Like, he's kind of, he has his little cameos. Like, he also does shlo- show up in Glamorama at, at like, a at like a big Hollywood party. And he has, like, a, like a barbecue. Well, it looks like barbecue sauce stain on his suit. And someone goes, hey, man, like, you got, like, food on your like a stain on your suit and he's like oh yeah sure whatever you say <laughs> and like he shows up in in a uh, uh, rules of attraction and even lunar park like he kind of jumps around so he's kind of like the little connection between brady st little universe kind of thing
1: and i i love stuff like that you know like how you know if you watch you know like, I was kind of talking, you know, a while ago with Ariel about this, how you watch, like, um, I, Robot*, and then you watch, like, Bicentennial Man, which are both based on Isaac Asimov stuff. Like, even though the movies have nothing to do with each other, they'll both be like, oh, like, the three laws of robotics. And that's something that kind of is like a through line through all of, you know, the robot works that, you know, uh, As- Asimov wrote. And so it's <laughs> nice that when you kind of have that, like, little connection um, there. But, but uh, yeah, I, I think I would um, recommend this movie to anyone who is, an actual film fan um if you're not like a big cinephile like we are i don't think you'll enjoy this i think that it is kind of requiring you to like kind of know like the tropes and the stuff how cinema works to kind of like appreciate it otherwise it's going to be like what is this but if you are a fan of cinema definitely check this out um i would say
0: i think if you want a crazy ride (laughs) (laughs) yeah.
3: Yeah, completely agree that it's for cinema cinemaphiles like us. Um yeah, it's just like I kept saying, it's about those moments. I think it, it those moments make the movie what it is. Um I don't think anybody anybody mentioned Eric Stoltz was in this movie as just a pervy <laughs> professor.
2: I knew dude. I was like, <laughs> I've seen that guy and I couldn't figure it out, and then I was kinda like Oh, she's just gonna blow him? Okay. And then yeah. I was Oh like, that's oh, okay. Yep, that's him. I, that's I only
3: recognize the back of his head in the wide shots <laughs> yeah and she's in that room like the, he, she goes to his class and starts start smoking his weed with like a little forceps or whatever just these weird little little moments in these little in these scenes are, make this movie so great so yeah i would i would actually you know agree with all of you uh, you know i would you know recommend it for that overarching theme of you don't really know anybody and everybody's just fucking thinking about themselves and thinking about getting laid sometimes and doing drugs or whatever. Not everyone's like that, but, you know, a lot of times you just got to realize that people are just <laughs> probably not thinking about you as much as you think they are. I think that's a really uh, great uh, thing to take away from this movie. Um, yeah, great cast, great scenes. I would recommend anyone just watch that Victor scene, the Mo- Victor montage, one of my favorite moments in that movie. So, yeah, I this, love this movie. And I'm glad, you, I'm glad <laughs> you guys liked it, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you for introducing it to us because, yeah, Yeah.
3: I I had a really good time with it.
1: Um, But, yeah, uh, before we wrap up, uh, Damien, you want to mention
3: your show and plug your stuff and what you're doing? Yeah, so do a general, um, you know, what we've been watching. It's called Can I Say Something? It's on all of the, where you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all of that stuff. Um, We do a weekly. Um, You're going to be on it this week. We're going to talk about the best stuff that we've seen this year so far. Um, and then I believe the Turtle Stack, my, my uh, appearance in the Troll Stack hasn't been uh, put up yet, but I did a little, um, like I told you a couple of weeks ago, little, you know, love to the MCU. She was a podcast about everything, you know, what, what you're passionate about. Come on and talk about, you know, for 20, 30 minutes. Tell us what you're passionate about. And of course, I went off for 23 minutes on the MCU <laughs> and all that good stuff. So check out the, the Turtle Stack. Uh, it should be out in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, it should, it should be out by the time, because this we're recording this a bit ahead of time, because we're in the middle yeah. of our... Equal series so yeah by the time this comes out those should all be up Yeah, definitely definitely absolutely yeah. but yeah thank you everybody out there for listening you know go ahead and listen to damien and then uh go ahead and you know if you liked this episode go ahead and you know subscribe to us here you know like uh we have a new episode on a different underrated film every other week so um you know uh, subscribe to us and then ariel also has her show um which is called you've never seen which we kind of mentioned at the top um that's going to be talking about yeah yeah if you want to introduce
0: if, ariel if you, want to, if you want to if you like rules of attraction go back in and listen to the american psycho episode of um you've never seen it, it was our first one so it might be a little choppy compared to our, <laughs> our newer episodes but but yeah definitely definitely uh, get our um at least my hype of, of how how much i enjoyed that movie also
1: yeah yeah that was fun but yeah, um, you know, and then if you guys want to, you have any suggestions for any underrated movies you want to see us co- um, cover, you can, you know, follow us and let us know on Instagram. Our Instagram is Undercast Company, you know, and then, underca- or email us at undercastcompany at gmail.com or, you know, follow us on Facebook, all the socials, you know. Um, yeah, hit us up, let us know what you want to see. Um, but yeah, we have been the Undercast Company with our guest Damien, so, um, Thank you out there, everybody, and I'll see you in another life.
0: It's been amazing.